Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your players' skill development and increase accountability year-round utilizing the Bology app. Boost inter-squad competition with drills backed by the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit Bology.com teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. So you've been able to probably talk with a lot of great leaders in your in your time in education and administration. You also get to read and you're following a lot of people. What's one quality that you see in great leaders? Um, I'm going to throw a unique word out to you. And, and this is probably, this comes from my role as a principal, but I think it, it's, it's the word with itness. Um, I just feel like, how do you describe with itness? With itness is just getting, understanding the situation, understanding people, having emotional intelligence, understanding how to say the right thing in the right moment, understanding how to listen, um, when to talk, it, it's an art form and it's really about emotional intelligence. And I, I just, I see so many examples of, and I can't even name one, but you see them all the time in, in life and society or at an AAU basketball tournament or whatever it may be where, you know, leaders or coaches or people do something. You're like, what are they thinking? You know? And I think that that term with itness, um, when, when we're evaluating a teacher, you know, I go into a classroom or my assistant principal and I talk about this a lot, but um, you can tell when people are with it. I mean, they, they, they get it. They, you can walk into a practice. You can see if people get it. You can see how they interact with their kids and how do you teach that? It's, it's, a, it's a deep thing, but I think a lot of it comes to emotional intelligence and just understanding how to communicate, relate, and interact with people because coaching is really about relationships. It's really about creating a mindset and teaching kids the how um, it is not about X's and O's as much as I would love it to be. Cause that's what I loved about coaching when I was younger is that it's so little about that, to be honest. Um, so with this, and then, you know, I think as leaders, we have to lead by example. I mean, you have got to be someone that models what you want from other people. We have to do that as parents. We have to do that as, as leaders, as coaches, um, and then, you know, starting to lead out loud and, and um, you know, this is how we teach leadership to kids too, is, you know, lead yourself first. Um, how do you lead yourself first? You gotta, you gotta have high character. You gotta be confident. You have to be competent. You have to, you know, you have to care um, about other people. And then how do you lead out loud? What's that next step? And that's, um, you can, a lot of ways to lead out loud. You're going to be a, a vocal um, cheerleader for your guy, uh, team. Are you going to be a connector of of athletes, um, connector of teammates on your team? Are you going to, um, sometimes you're going to have to, um, confront and challenge your teammates. So th those are the hardest steps of leadership, especially for kids and a lot of adults, to be honest, but, yeah. um, with this is a word I really like a lot. Coach, I love that. I wrote it down because you hear stick with itness uh, quite a bit, but not just the with itness part. And I wrote down next to it, self-awareness like, yes. like how, how does somebody actually have with itness well they're 
They're self-aware. They they realize what they're good at. They realize their strengths. They realize their weaknesses and are, and and show vulnerability in those moments. But I guess the question is then, because you know, TJ Ruzine again, he said self-awareness is a superpower. Like you know, those special ones really seem to have that. And you know, the the moments in games where I've screwed up as a coach, I probably was lacking in that arena a little bit. Coach, how did they get? How does somebody produce? <laughs> work on improve with itness uh um <laughs> you know i i think self-awareness and with itness really go hand in hand i think that's a great phrase that you that you said and you know i think obviously through experience um but you know that there are people that are at a young age they're you know they're with it at a young age like they they get it we've had those you know, those kids, those team leaders that at a, at a high school age, um, kids gravitate to, like they, they understand the impact they have on other people. They understand the influence they have on other people. Um, and so within this, you know, some people have a natural tendency to it, uh, to do it, but it can be learned. It can yeah. be uh, grown over time. Um, it, it's about, I don't know if you've read the book by Daniel Goleman, Emotional Intelligence. It was a book that I read during my master's program years ago, but he kind of wrote the Bible on emotional intelligence and emotional IQ back in the day. And it is, it's, it's, it's being aware of yourself as it relates to the situation around you. And then being able to understand how relationships influence that. And, you know, coaching is all about relationships. I mean, it's, it's all about, it's the one-on-one with the kid. It's the the one-on-twelve with the whole team. It's the dynamics of every every piece working together. It is so complex, and I think so many parents and people that have never coached have no idea everything that goes into coaching. And it's not the X's and O's. It's the team dynamics. It's the motivation. It's getting kids on the same page. It's defining their roles. It's getting them to play together. It's the 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 team spirit. I mean. It is, I've told people this, um, I was a coach before I was a principal, obviously, a head coach. There is nothing that better prepared me to be a high school principal than being a a varsity boys basketball coach. Wow. Not even close. It's all the same skill set applied differently. And that's how dynamic, I believe, coaching is and why um, it's it's a challenging job for a lot of people. How much do you think humility ties into with itness or having self-awareness? I think it's huge. I, I think, you know, there's a balance because I think you have to have confidence. Um, when you're a coach or leader, you have to, but you have to be humble. I mean, Giannis, I don't know if you heard his uh, Loved interview it. not too long ago on humility. I mean, he had the more recent one a couple of weeks ago, but a year or two, he was talking about humility. And I mean, it, it's one of the most... Um, one of the greatest things I've heard an athlete saying, and he was 26 years old, I think when he said it. And uh, I mean, he, he basically was talking about, you know, when you, you think about the past, um, that's your, your ego. When you think about the future, that's your, that's your pride. But when you live in the present, that's being humble. And so how do we live in the present? Hmm. My gosh, what a powerful, <laughs> powerful thing for a 26 year old player to say. Yeah. That's super impressive. I, I wrote it down. I'm going to look up that video, watch it again. People can have with itness in 
certain areas. And maybe it's because I'll just I'll use a look my myself as an example a little bit here of starting out. You know, I I had great coaches. I had a great high school coach, great college coach, coaches that I think really taught the game well. You know, going to PGC, having people just put in my life that allowed me to have a little bit of that early on, maybe an advantage starting out. But coach, I can remember as a, my first year as a high school of a varsity assistant after practice. And if coach Clarkson listens to this, then he's at one of my good friends now, but he was my first head coach. I remember leaving a practice thinking and telling another assistant coach that I could do a better job. Like it, it was just this moment of arrogance and maybe even insanity, but it just came from having some skill sets, but very little humility. You know, the the fact that, to your point, all the things that actually go into being a head coach, as a varsity assistant, we, you and I both know those roles are different. They're Absolutely. both important, but they're different. And yeah. to think as a 24-year-old that I knew better, golly. So maybe where does humility come from? Maybe life experience, probably parenting, but I, I think, maybe yeah, just time. Time, experience. And I, I think a lot of young coaches, I was the same way or, or like that, you know, you, you have that in my part of my background, I think that's really unique is, so I became a head coach pretty young. I was 26 years old and I replaced a hall of fame legend in Lake city. I mean, he was a, a legend, right? So I'm a, a new young guy and, and we had, we did good. I mean, we, we had some success. We had, you know, one losing season, otherwise, you know, won the conference twice. And, and so I did that for seven years. And then I got my admin degree. So at 33, I became a high school principal. I had to make a call and I had to get out of coaching and teaching, which uh, I loved. You know, it was a really hard decision. So then I got out and I had to go to a neighboring school for two years. So I still lived in where I lived, but it was a neighboring district. And then the principal job opened up where I started. So I, I got that and that's where I've been. But I was out of coaching for nine years. So I coached for seven. I was out for nine. And... You know, the seven years I coached my, you know, I had two young kids. My daughter was just born my last year or two. Um, and then I was out of coaching and then they got to be early elementary age. And then I started getting back into it again and the juices started flowing again. And, and then I got back in the varsity job opened up. I had a supportive soup. I was able to get in. I've been back for 10 years doing both. So my point is I had this at a young age from 33 to basically probably 40, 41 ish. 40. I didn't coach. I coach youth. I coach mm -hmm. my son's team, you know, first, second, third graders, but I was also a school administrator. So I'm dealing with stuff from the outside. So it's such a unique perspective because I had coached. I stepped away. I got to reflect at a very young age. You know, I got to see other things. And then when I got back into it, I was a lot different coach. I am a lot different coach than I was then. And it's because I got away, maybe because my role, maybe because I had kids, maybe because I was a principal, whatever. Um, not a lot different, but philosophically, like how I teach the game, a lot different. How I interact with kids, you know, much more relationship focused than I probably was the first seven years. That is a pretty unique path right there. It, it to, is. And it all plays a part in the, you know, my writing and everything, you know, because yeah. it's, you know, my, most people's prime coaching years, I wasn't coaching, mm -hmm. you know, 33 to 40. I, I really didn't, 
you know, coach, unless you call it little kids coaching, you know? Yeah. But I, you, you know, like in that administrative, you're, you're, and you said it early on the same skills you're using them and you're honing them at that yeah. time. I, I thought about it too, that while you were saying, <clears throat> talking about your path and journey about, you keep using this word relationships. It's about relationships and how I don't know if I do a great job of building those relationships with my athletic director, with my principal, and and not just just I, I have a relationship with them. Like we we say hello. There's no bad blood, but how much do I lean on them or or just go in and randomly ask them questions and try to learn from them to get because I don't have that perspective that you have i've never done that i've just been kind of in this same role and man maybe there's things that i don't don't know maybe uh i i have some blind spots that with their experience and what they see and what they know with about our pa- families they could help with so i don't know i think there's something there that i could probably do a little bit better yeah you know i i think when we're the one thing I'll say is when, when, when you're in your sport, when I'm in my sport, you know, I, obviously I, I think I do a pretty good job because I have to, in my role of, of trying to keep a holistic view of everything. But at the same time, when I'm coaching basketball and I'm in the middle of the season and I'm, you know, I'm scouting and I'm looking at games and, you know, I'm, I'm at home and my focus is basketball, but I also know that, Sometimes I got to talk to my I, and my AD who, you know, during the season, he's my boss, right? I mean, that's how I view it. Like I trust him. And if, if I'm ever in too much tunnel vision, I trust him to be able to give me an outside perspective on something, right? Yeah. Um, out of season, you know, it's a, it's a different role. But again, it's part of being on a team and trusting your roles. Like when you're in an administrative role, you see the whole picture when the people that are a teachers in the classroom, they see that a coach is in their sport. They see that you have to trust that person above you who sees the big picture to give a, a more, maybe sometimes a grounded view on things, but you know, there there's, there's very good coaches. There's not great coaches. There's good administrators. There's not very good administrators either. So, you know, that also plays into some of this as well. So you're in, it's January, you're in the middle district conference play and, and it's the, the busiest time of your season. How in the world do you balance doing that with also being the principal at a school? It, it, whenever anyone asks me that question, I respond with, do you think teachers aren't busy too? I mean, I really respond that way because teaching is an incredibly busy job. And in some regard, it's more busy because I don't do, I I really am conscious to not do much basketball stuff at all during school because of my role and my job. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I certainly have to do things here and there, but I I do all my practice planning um, at night before, before practice. And that doesn't take me very long anymore because I've, I know what I'm going to do. I have plans from previous years. I'm, I'm organized. Um, but I do very little. I try to be very purposeful not to do much at school. But teachers are incredibly busy. Like they, they, they have five classes to teach. They've got a prep. They've got papers to grade. Um, they're on a bell schedule. They can only go to the bathroom certain times of the day. You know, I can go to the bathroom when I want. So <laughs> there's perspective in, in some right regard, there. It, that's how I respond to that is. Yeah. 
Um, it's an extracurricular. It happens outside the school day. I'm fortunate I can do a lot of my principal job at a lot of different times. So um, I, I use the summers a lot to plan a lot of the stuff from a school perspective ahead of time, um, where maybe some people say, oh, I'll just wait till December to do that. No, I've got templates for agendas and meetings set, so it's real easy for me to do it during my busy times. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.